Welcome to episode 116 of the Jackson Hole Connection. This episode's sponsor is Prue Real Estate. Should you have any questions about real estate in Jackson Hole, give Dan Vazoski or Greg Prue a call or visit Prue.com. That's P-R-U-G-H.com to search current listings. Hello from Jackson Hole. I'm Stefan Abrams, your host and guide today. Each week, I love sitting with someone connected to Jackson Hole to share their fascinating and interesting story about daily life. I feel we have so much to learn from each other, and I intend to search out people in their stories, which will teach us all a little life lesson that we can take and share with others. Today's guest is Eden Morris, the founder of Teton Performance Nutrition. Eden has several abbreviations behind her name, but... What I found, which was most moving, is her story is loaded with experience. Eden entered the life of nutrition because of her life experiences. I found that Eden's lively personality and deep interest in helping people drives her connection with people and her clients. From my view, Eden has a perspective about nutrition and activity, which I have not heard before. If you're an active person, someone who enjoys exercise and living a healthy life, I recommend listening and learning today. Eden, thank you for joining me here today for the Jackson Hole Connection. It's awesome to see you and to meet you and have some of your time to sit and chat and get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on the Jackson Hole Connection. I love this podcast. Well, thank you for for listening and reaching out to be a guest. Let's start off with, well, I want people to know that in the pre-show when we were talking, you are high energy and I'm really (laughs) looking forward to listening to you and you sharing more of your story. And you are a fellow Southerner. You grew up in the South. Um, Yeah. Let's start off with you sharing some of your story of who you are, where you came from and how you ended up being here connected to Jackson Hole. Yeah. So I'm a small town Georgia girl. I'm from a really small town in North Georgia called Cahutta, Georgia. It's on the Georgia-Tennessee line. There's 600 people there right now. And my parents own 17 and a half acres in North Georgia. And so I grew up just being an outdoorsy girl. And I was actually incredibly shy and nobody believes me anymore. But I was. And, you know, I think that because we didn't live around a lot of people. And so, yeah, Um, Jackson Hole landed on my radar in 1994, actually. My dad came out here for Jerry Spence's first ever trial lawyers college for a month. And I, I mean, I was four and I was like, is he ever coming back? You know, mm-hmm. But he brought back all these amazing pictures and I always wanted to visit. And then uh, we took a family vacation to Salt Lake and Park City and Lake Tahoe and Truckee when I was nine. And so I already knew that I really liked the West and I've always wanted to come to Jackson Hole. And so actually my first trip here was my honeymoon in 2016. And I fell in love with this town. It reminded me of Cahutta, but it was on steroids. It was like, oh, wow, this, there's beautiful mountains because Cahutta is in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. Obviously, we are in one of the most beautiful mountain ranges in the world. And then I really love the close-knit community here. And it just really drew me to Jackson. It felt like it could be my home, like the version of my home, like that my parents have in Cahutta. This could be my, my version of it. So yeah, I um, <laughs> fast forward to 2018. Um, me and my ex-husband were splitting up and I just knew where I was going to go. We had visited here a handful of times after our honeymoon and 
I wanted to come here and heal. And that's absolutely why I moved here. And, you know, he and I are still good friends. And, you know, he actually was like, you're just a different person when you live in Jackson, you come alive. I'm in it. You know, we, we talked recently because it's, it's really fun to see you taking off with your business and what you're doing and really honing in on your message. And it just really shows me, I made the right decision to move here. And it's, it's, it hasn't been easy every single year, but it just keeps getting better. And I keep learning about myself and I keep getting better at skiing and keep meeting more people. And I keep feeling like I'm becoming more and more a part of this community. Right on, right on. Well, I'm glad that you're here and that you bring so much insight and energy to this <laughs> uh, fabulous community going from one small town to another. I know what, I know what you mean growing up in Mississippi and then just seeing the West for the first time. It's like, I got to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I visited and something in my brain was like, well, I don't want to go back home. This is my home now. (laughs) I'm glad that you call it home now. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. For some people, it takes quite a while for them to begin calling this area home, but um, I'm glad that you're doing it. Well, to that point, one of the reasons I think I'm able to do that is because I do have a stable housing situation. And I know that so many people here do not have that. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I'm very fortunate with the situation that worked out for me. And I have fostered some very good friendships in town too, with the right people and really, ah, yeah. And I mean, that's how you find, figure out where you belong. You know, you, you find a community within a community. That's right. It's your, your uh, family away from family. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Especially with the holidays coming up. Like so many of us are not going to be able to travel because of COVID. And, you know, I, I'm going to be here for Thanksgiving and I you know, I may not go anywhere. I may not meet with anybody just because I want to be respectful of, you know, this town and the guidelines we're going to have in place, but I know I won't be alone, which is nice. Yeah, that's very true. So I was reading your bio before we, we spoke and you were saying that you were, you were an athlete, you were an athlete in college and yes. you um, even tried an athletic career. Yeah. Tell me I, about that. <laughs> I played college softball, which is, you know, it's so funny because people in town now be like, Oh, uh, did you play a college sport? And like, cause they, they're like, Oh, she looks athletic. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, which one? I'm like, well, which one do you think I played? <laughs> I always like to hear their guesses and it's never a college softball. It's always swimming, soccer, volleyball. And I'm like, oh, thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> but yeah, I played college softball at Texas A&M and I experienced uh, a lot of nutritional imbalances and malnutrition there, which inspired me to go get my graduate degree in nutrition and dietetics. And how did you experience nutrition imbalance and how did that impact you during that career? So I had what's called female athlete triad, and that is a combination of disordered eating, amenorrhea, and bone mineral density issues. And so that's the, that happened to me when I was at Texas A&M. I lost my period my freshman year. There were a lot of situations going on with the team. Like I struggled with body image issues. I felt really homesick. I was just kind of all over the map. And then, you know, I was told to get stronger and faster. And so I just started working out too much and started not eating enough to support the activity I was doing. And this went on for three and a half years and it led to permanent bone damage throughout my body. And I didn't have a period for three years on top of that. And I had disordered eating. I had these unhealthy behaviors towards food. I was very restrictive and, you know, it, um, 
it absolutely shattered me. I kind of felt like at the end of my athletic career, you know, I, I had good reasons for why I was doing, I wanted to be the best I possibly could be. And this is kind of an issue with athletes. Sometimes we have this hyper-focused mentality to where we do things to the extreme and sometimes to our detriment when it comes to our health. And that is absolutely what happened to me. Mm. So I just remember feeling that I was, I was diagnosed with female athlete triad. And uh, when I was a senior at Texas A&M, I went out for a run around my neighborhood and my bones were still rebalancing at that point. They were trying to reharden, And I ended up with three stress fractures in my left foot just from going for a run. And so I went to see an orthopedic and he looked at me and he said, your body is just breaking down. Your lower body is falling apart. And he was absolutely right. Like I had hip deterioration. I don't have any cartilage in either of my knees. I have a bone dent in my shin from fouling balls off of it too much when my bones were really brittle. And then my left ankles calcified on top of that. And I have plantar fasciitis. And, you know, when I was 22 and kind of telling the people what I was going through, they're like, well, you look so good. You're so healthy. And I'm like, just because somebody looks a certain way doesn't mean that they're healthy on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how did you feel? Oh, it was so weird. You know, like I had nagging injuries for like three years. I had stress fractures. Like I said, I had that dent in my shin that really hurt, but I was getting mixed messages. Like my teammates would make fun of my weight, but then society told me I looked great because I was so thin and fit and whatever. And so I felt like I confused, frankly, confused about like, well, what's healthy? Like what, what do I don't even know? Like nobody knows. And you know, it took me a couple of years to actually kind of rebalance my bones, rebalance my body. And only now I feel like in this past year, have I really gotten to a good point with my body image. And, you know, it's been nine years since my athletic career ended. And I'm just now starting to really feel confident in who I am and my body and what it can do. And my relationship with food is finally in this good place where it's, I don't have those restrictive patterns anymore. And it Mm -hmm. took a lot of work to get here. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you. Uh, Thanks. When you said your relationship with food, Mm -hmm. what was your relationship with food at that time? I was very restrictive. Now, just for listeners to know, I did read a book called The All Pro Diet, and it was by Tony Gonzalez and Mitzi Dulan, who's another dietitian. And the, the information in that book is very good. It's just, I was too strict with it. I was very much like, I wouldn't allow myself to eat dessert. Or if I did, I felt this immense guilt around it. And if I had like three or four cookies, I would go in my room, like my sophomore year or junior year and do like push-ups and sit-ups and try and like work it off because I hadn't earned it. And that just showed me that I just didn't enjoy food anymore. And I, it, it took a me kind of just letting go of that over the past couple of years to really be like, wow, that was so bad. But mm-hmm. so many people have that attitude towards food that this is good. This is bad. Or I feel ashamed that I had two glasses of wine last night or whatever, whatever it is that you feel shame about. And so one of my jobs is that I'm trying to help people break that pattern, this all or nothing mentality when it comes to food, whether it's good or bad or whatever is in your head. And like that is stems from mental health. It really does. Like whatever stress is going on in your life, it usually comes out in how you eat. I can see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mm-hmm. can certainly see that. And, and now you are um, a nutritionist. Um, you have yeah. Teton Performance Nutrition mm-hmm. and you went and um, studied and obtained your, your master's. Yes. So 
Yeah, I got my master's degree at Georgia State University. I did what's called a coordinated program where the dietetic internship is built into the program. Those kinds of programs are more competitive to get into, which I didn't realize at the time. I just applied to the grad school program I wanted to go to. But um, yeah, I graduated from grad school and I sat for a national exam through the Commission of Dietetic Registration, which is it's what you have to do if you want to become a dietitian. And then you have to become licensed in whatever state you live to practice. And so I was a clinical dietitian in Atlanta I was a clinical dietitian in Dallas, Texas, and I actually took a break from nutrition because I actually didn't want to do clinical. The reason I got into nutrition was to do more performance nutrition, sport nutrition, and work with individuals versus clinically ill people who really need more time with a dietitian than their insurance allows them to do. And so when I moved to Jackson, I just assumed that everybody was really healthy because everybody here is really active. And so I was like, nobody needs nutrition advice. (laughs) And then I realized the more that I've seen people and observed them when we go do all these activities, I'm like, wow, they're not eating enough or they did not bring something besides water or whoa. uh, Okay. They actually don't know what to do. All right, cool. And so I got laid off at the beginning of the pandemic and I decided, I mean, I wanted to start my own private practice two years ago when I was picking up rock climbing because I noticed a lot of climbers were not eating enough carbohydrates before they would climb. I was like, please eat carbs. Um, But when I got laid off, I had the creative time and energy to pour myself into what I wanted to do originally for why I ever wanted to become a dietitian. And I transferred my license from Texas to Wyoming. I made sure that my continuing education credits were still good. I made sure that I was in good standing with the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. And I started doing the LLC paperwork in June. I launched my website in August and it has just taken off in such an encouraging way. I know this year has been so hard for people. I'm just really proud of myself for taking this opportunity of being laid off and changing it to something that feels like a job I could do the rest of my life. And when you mention the athletes here in town and or probably anywhere and not mm-hmm. eating properly for the activity level which they are involved in, what can happen to, to people when, when they're not giving their bodies what it needs? Well, for one, their recovery will be longer. They can, I can experience injuries if they're not taking in enough fats or carbs or protein to promote recovery. Like you can cause injury, uh, hormonal imbalance. Yeah. Yeah. You name it. I mean, for example, I mean, I was talking to my mom about this recently. She has osteoarthritis and it's actually a lot more severe than she thought it was going to be. And she says now she realizes because she didn't eat enough throughout her twenties and thirties because she was obsessed with being thin. She's like, wow, these symptoms are worse than they would have been if I had been in balance. Like it would have kept her body from destroying itself. So what happens when you don't take in enough calories and enough carbohydrates, proteins, fats is your body will find a way to make sure that the most basic processes keep going. And if you're not taking in the nutrients to make sure that that's happening, it takes it from other places. Like, so for specifically with female athlete triad, if you don't take in enough dietary calcium, your body will take it from your bones because your bones are a reservoir for calcium and calcium is vital to muscle contraction. And we have muscles all throughout our body. I mean, you have, your heart is a muscle. So that's the, that's what will happen. Your body will shut down other systems to make sure that the most basic systems keep going. And if you do that for a long time, you're going to be looking at more injuries, stress fractures, hormonal issues, weight gain, you name it. And you mentioned the problems that your mom has had. And, um, because if she had been in balance when she was younger, Mm -hmm. is, is that permanent damage that people would have, um, imposed on their body? 
or yeah. can it be repaired? Can it be reversed with the proper nutrition? It depends on the damage. So bone damage cannot be repaired. You can reharden the bones, but once they are damaged to a certain point, you cannot fix them. So, I mean, you can rebalance your hormones, of course, but specifically with me, like my shin is permanently damaged. Like there is a, a, a just a pronounced dent in, in it from, yeah, just being too brittle. And it's, it's hardened now, but it still hurts. It hurts when I put it in a ski boot. And so mm -hmm. I have to talk to boot fitters about, okay, so this is what happened. And this is how this is. And also my left ankle is calcified. Yeah. I can't undo that. It looks like a bone. If you, if I go get an x-ray, I can't mm -hmm. undo it now. So some of these damages could be permanent. Not all of them. Some of them can be rebalanced, but not all of them can. So when kids are really active and them going to eat fast food after uh, <laughs> a big sports event or yeah. practice, sounds like that might not be the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a balance there. Like I don't want like kids to never enjoy that kind of experience. Like I loved going to Chick-fil-A growing up. I'm from the South, you know, like, and it's just so nostalgic. Mm -hmm. I think it's just good to do that like once a week versus every single day. There's a balance there with that, you know, Chick-fil-A and a big old soda in the styrofoam cup. <laughs> oh, I'm really boring. My Chick-fil-A order is unsweet tea. And then I get the grilled chicken sandwich with pepper jack cheese okay. and I don't get fries. Everybody's like, what? You're what? a freak. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you're a freak. I'm like, well, fries. actually I just take like one or two of my friends and that's enough. <laughs> I love the waffle fries. I, had I do too. Week. I'm not saying I don't like them. It's just, <laughs> I don't want to eat a ton of them. <laughs> the, the slippery slope there. I'm like, Oh, I don't know. But like, I mean, at the same time, if I, I haven't had Chick-fil-A in a really long time. So I guess if I did go to Idaho Falls now and get Chick-fil-A, I would absolutely get those waffle fries. It's just that nostalgic factor there. <laughs> go early because it forms a big line there. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned nutritional calcium, I believe. Yeah. Dietary calcium. Diet thank you. Dietary calcium. Is there a difference of what we consume of whether it's dietary calcium or a calcium that's not going to benefit yeah. our body? Yeah. So supplemental calcium versus dietary calcium. So okay. the kinds of vitamins and minerals you take in a supplement versus the form that's found in food. That's what mm -hmm. I mean. And just so listeners know that the vitamins and minerals, like the forms that are most readily absorbed are in food not mm -hmm. in supplements. And I, I really get upset when I turn the, over a supplement and it has like percentages that are way above a hundred, you know, like 500% of your daily value or whatever, like you're taking in way too much and your body's not going to use it. And also when you take in something like that, your, your kidneys and your liver have to filter it out. So you're making them work harder than they would have to. And I am all about like, you know, our body is a car and I want to make sure that I give it exactly what it needs. So it runs smoothly. <laughs> Um, with high octane. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is just liquid coffee, right? <laughs> is, is that good for the diet? In, uh, uh, in moderation? Yeah. One or two cups a day is great. If you get okay. beyond that, it can have some impacts on cardiovascular health and sleep. And I, I try not to drink coffee after 1 p.m. And some people are really sensitive to caffeine and don't drink it at all. And some people are so in tune with it that it doesn't bother them. But that's a very individualistic thing. Like I like to have coffee, like two cups of coffee in the morning with my French press. And that's about it. Cool. Or and I like to go to Pearl Street Bagels and get an oat milk mocha, you know. <laughs> that's, I, if I could drink, oh, well, oat milk. So that's not dairy. So I guess I could drink that. I'm not against dairy. I just like the flavor of oat milk. I, I'm not against dairy either. I just, my body doesn't. 
process it. Um, yeah. No eggs, no dairy and no gluten. Hmm. Interesting. And there's something else going on in my body too that yeah. I'm about to work on as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of us right now are experiencing stress with obviously this current <laughs> climate in our country and the pandemic. And I, stress impacts our body differently. Like sometimes you can eat something that you normally wouldn't have an issue with. And just depending on the week and what you've been going through, you might have, you know, indigestion because of it. Just for example, for me in October, I was under some extreme stress and there was a lot, there were a lot of foods that I really couldn't eat. And it was, I had to kind of go back more to like a bland diet. And I say bland, it's more like I enjoyed toast, but I had to be careful with, I thought it was going to scratch my mouth. I did a lot of smoothies. I did a lot of like liquid nutrition because mm-hmm. I knew that my stomach could handle the liquid a little bit better than solids, but that's, that's not typical, you know, but I was under some stress and it really, I just had to figure out what worked and I had to eat for joy at times and be like, you know, what? I really want that cookie. And I do need the calories today. I'm eating that Persephone cookie. Yes. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they, they are good. Uh, yeah. Days I would certainly enjoy one of those cookies yeah. thoroughly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Tell us, your, everybody listening today, the name of your business. I don't think we've uh, gotten into that yet. It's Teton Performance Nutrition. And, you know, when I picked that name, I was like, does this pigeonhole me too much? Or like put me too like niche into Jackson? And I decided that it didn't because the Tetons are such a beacon of hope to like so many people across the world. And so that's, I, I landed on that one. And even performance to me, it's performance in your sport, but it's also performance in life. So yeah, Teton Performance Nutrition website is tetonperformancenutrition.com. So you're not just looking for people to work with who are um, high performing athletes or even just the weekend um, athlete that's going to go up the grand and Mm-mm. run yeah. from town to get up there, but just that anybody who's dealing with some performance, tell me what your ideal client is. Who, who are you helping out? Uh, my ideal client is just somebody who's willing to put in the work <laughs> and like they recognize that they have an issue and they want to actually make the changes and that, you know, we don't always get our ideal client and that's totally fine. I have worked with some more athletic individuals and I've worked with people that are just trying to refocus on their health in whatever way they can. And yeah, I mean, I've worked with people all over the country so far and I'm really enjoying that. I love that. I'm kind of, I absolutely want to work with people in Jackson. This is my community, but I also love working with people in different parts of the country as well, because it helps me kind of get out of that hyper-focused Jackson mentality. Like we live in a bubble and it's nice to see things outside the bubble. <laughs> kind of the unreal, real world in this. Yeah, exactly. Valley bubble. Yeah, yeah. it is. Um, I want to take a quick break to get a word from one of our sponsors and then we're going to be back and have continue this conversation. When you are thinking about making a real estate decision, it's important to go with someone you can trust. Recently, I trusted Dan Fazoski at Pru Real Estate to personally handle a real estate transaction. The service and attention I received demonstrated I am important. Greg Pru started Pru Real Estate in 2002 with you, the customer, in mind. Give Greg or Dan a call at 307-733-9888 or visit pru.com to connect today. Let them know you heard about them from Stefan, the podcast guy. Eden, welcome back. I'm I'm so enjoying this conversation. I, I appreciate the insight that you have. Um, I am curious if you could share a story of or two about some effects people were having 
in their body and how you were able to help them through making adjustments nutritionally and the changes that that your clients saw mm-hmm. and felt. I, I think it would put a lot of context into what you're talking about here. Yeah, I, I would say the number one thing that I see with every client, regardless of their activity or where they live, is that they don't eat enough throughout the day. So specifically, I have a client that I worked with out of Florida, and she has PCOS and PCOS. the nutri- polycystic ovarian syndrome, okay. which means you have cysts on your ovaries. And that it's really hard for these for that, like, for people that have that to lose weight. And what we had to do was kind of take a step back from the numbers when it comes to weight and help her just figure out how to take healthy meals to work. So she wouldn't be in the workroom and eating things that she knew maybe weren't as nutritious. Not that like she can't have a treat or whatever, but it was, we kind of had to address these other behaviors too. Also, she was struggling with alcohol and drinking too much around football games. And so we talked about hydration strategies to help her kind of offset the amount of beer she was drinking. So for example, I was like, okay, cool. So Spindrift and Topo Gico are really yummy and they're really you know, they, they have carbonation and they kind of mimic that feeling you get from beer. And so it was like, okay, I want you to hydrate and then dehydrate. So drink something that doesn't have alcohol in it and then drink your beer. And it's a simple thing, but it, it slows you down. And then another client that I worked with, um, out of South Carolina is he was recovering from disordered eating and uh, an eating disorder. And so we kind of talked about our histories with eating disorders and disordered eating. And we talked about like how to prevent that hyper-focused mentality or feeling guilty around eating certain foods. And I mean, he has been one of my favorite people I've worked with. And I really felt like I got to kind of chat with a friend instead. And I mean, that is probably my, one of my favorite things about working with clients is I love relating to them and yeah, I hope that they walk away from working with me feeling like they have a friend and feeling like they have somebody that will support them. And I mean, I also look at my own story and I think about how far I have come from, I don't know, a small town girl in Cahuta, Georgia to living in Jackson Hole and starting my own business. Like I think about my story when I feel discouraged and I think about who would who that little girl would have looked up to and she would have looked up to somebody like me. And it makes me keep moving forward. It helps me to continue to put out good vibes to this community and the nation. I, I, I really, I just, yeah, I want to keep going. I want to keep being positive for people, especially with what's going on in the world. Do I hear you um, talking about balance? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and why do you think in society, we don't learn enough about proper nutritional balance and how to really fuel our bodies properly? I think that, oh, that's a good question. I actually was asked about like how parents can support like their kids with nutrition. And I I think that we've gotten, the the way that our country is set up right now, you know, there's a lot of obesity and um, people that are overweight. And I think there's a lot of guilt around food because of that. And our country is just so focused on weight loss versus the joy that can come from sitting around a meal together and enjoying it. And because of that, I think that because people are so focused on weight loss, they've forgotten how to enjoy their life. And I, I don't know how we fix that besides just, I mean, there's a lot of dietitians I know that we're just really trying to get rid of that good, bad food mindset. And I mean, when it comes to being a woman in this society, you absolutely feel like your worth is tied to your weight. Like, I mean, mm. so many women feel like that. And I, I mean, you feel weird if you're too muscular, you feel weird if you're too thin, you feel weird if you're too, too big. Like, I mean, 
I, growing up with my mom, you know, she and I actually have a good relationship now to where we can talk about this, but she absolutely made me feel like once I wasn't young and thin anymore, that my value would be gone as a person. Like pe- I would be invisible in society. And so I think we have a lot of work to do helping people recover the, the body image. And yeah, I mean, I don't think that now, but I absolutely have felt like when I've been bigger than I am right now, I felt like I was less valuable and I didn't want people to see me. I've been there. Like, <laughs> so. And I know that's not just women. That's true with men too. Like if you're not super muscular and super athletic, then you feel like you're not as masculine or something like it's true for men and women. And so, yeah, like we are just in this interesting climate right now when it comes to health and body image in this country. Yeah. So much is related to um, the look, judging the book by the cover exactly uh, versus really appreciating the person for what's inside and who they are. And um, like, like you mentioned, having food sitting around the table and having conversation and, and it's more than just eating. And like, for instance, with this one, we, he gets on to me all the time, but I'm telling him slow down while you're eating. Yeah. Just, just take your time because that's part of the digestion process. Yes. And he does <laughs> He gets really upset with me when, when I'm saying it, but I I feel like I have to continue saying it to him because it, at some point it'll click and it'll benefit him for the future because he, my boys love food. We've always, we have the ability. We're very fortunate that we sit down and have a meal each night. My wife and I mm-hmm. cook and that's part of our family is having dinner together. And if we're home on the weekends, we have lunch together and we have breakfast together. It's not like, well, here's some food, just go eat it. Um, right. That's great. And, and getting people to, it, it, it's a shame that our society has gone to judging people by what they look like versus really who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, because we shouldn't do that. It's not right. No, but it's such a prevalent thing in our history too. I, when you talk about slowing down with food, one thing that is really hard for people to do is they actually limit the distractions when they're eating to put the phone down and not have it on the table or to keep the TV off or the computer laptop closed, whatever. And one thing I talk about with a lot of clients is actually using breakfast as a time to recenter yourself around your day and using it as a time to write down five things you're grateful for and just limiting those distractions and really focusing on your food and putting your utensils down between bites promotes satiety or fullness. And it also gives you a little bit of a sense of peace going into the day. And uh, Ryan Burke also gave out this statistic a few months ago now when I was around him. And it's basically writing down five things you're grateful for promotes your, I mean, it increases your productivity by 20% for that day. Writing down five things that you're grateful for can increase your productivity by 20%. Yeah. That's amazing. So eat your breakfast and write what you're grateful for. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm a member of a business accelerator called the lion's pride and it really focuses it with it just started with men i think there's there's now some women part of the group but um what you just talked about um there are people that join the group who have to learn to put their phones down when they get mm-hmm. home like putting their phone to bed because they're so connected to it and can't let that go but another one is taking that time, creating a ritual in the morning that allows you to be grounded. Mm-hmm. And it considered like your wake up and win. Like what is your habit that you're going to do in the morning 
before you get into all the chaos and madness that's out there in society. Mm -hmm. And, and I know that eating properly is one of those as well, the proper nutrition. Yeah, it is. I mean, it sets you up for the rest of your day. You know, there's, there's research, like pros and cons for eating breakfast. But to me, if you start with a good breakfast throughout your day, now it depends on like what training sessions you're doing. Like you have a morning training session. Like I, I could talk about that individually with somebody, but to me, if I start with a good breakfast and I feel at peace at that meal, it sets me up for success the rest of the day. You know, I make sure that I eat every three to four hours and the amounts change depending on what activities I'm doing. But yeah, breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. What do you like to eat for breakfast? Oh, it just depends. Like, do I want sweet or savory? But I mean, peanut butter toast with uh, cinnamon, honey and banana and hemp on top is probably my favorite. Okay. And then I like to, I said, I do French press coffee with oat milk in it. And I like froth the oat milk and it just tastes so good. And then I take a vitamin D supplement too, just because we live in a very, you know, an environment where it's difficult to get outside and promote vitamin D synthesis within your body. So I do take a vitamin D supplement. So not all supplements are discouraged by you from the nutritional side of things. No, I think that if you are interested in taking a supplement, you should make sure that that you have a reason for it. You know, there's blood work to show that maybe you are deficient in vitamin D or iron or something else. Like don't just start taking something to take it. Like just because I said something about vitamin D doesn't mean you should necessarily just start taking vitamin D. You should be aware of your vitamin D levels in your body first. Yeah. But vitamin D and calcium are involved with um, the bone regulation. So that's one reason I take that too. Do you start off with your clients to have blood work to see where their vitamin levels are, nutrition levels are? Not necessarily. I usually ask them about their previous medical history and if they have had blood work done to show that they are deficient in anything. Okay. Very in- interesting. Lewis had avocado toast this morning. Yeah. Oh, I love avocado toast. Yes. So good. And I do it differently. Like there's some days I'll do it like with a sweeter version. So I'll do like the smashed avocado on the toast with like salt and pepper, but I'll do honey and pumpkin seeds on top of it. Mm. Or if I'm wanting the more like savory version of that, I'll do the smashed avocado with salt and pepper, um, with olive oil and everything bagel seasoning instead. Ooh, everything. That's so good. Yeah. I gotta find some of that. Oh, Smith's. They got it. Okay. I have to look that up. I'm because I don't eat gluten. I eat some hot cereal a lot and mm-hmm. I'll put almond butter in it. And, um, I like shave coconut, put some cinnamon and then I I'll throw some cayenne in there. Oh yeah. Oh, I love that kind of like spicy, sweet type uh-huh. flavor. Oh man. You know, cowboy coffee, they've got like the honey badger and they're, I mean, so many places in town have the Mexican mocha. Like it's, it's like that play on hot chocolate with spice. Like I love that or coffee with a little bit of spice in it. It's yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So going back to the, you know, your focus here with nutrition and and performance, how can we help people understand why and how nutrition is so important? And, and also I'm going to take a big guess here that good nutrition, proper nutrition is not difficult. It is not difficult. It does take a little planning, but it is not difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Um, for example, this morning I was talking to somebody who was like, what do I eat? I'm like, okay, so you did this big day in the mountains yesterday. So you got to eat some carbohydrates this morning and some protein. Like what? He goes, well, that's really easy. I'm like, I know. 
<laughs> uh, I guess what I want people to realize is that they should eat for nutrition performance, but they should also eat for longevity because we all live here. And we want to be active for as long as we can and eating enough throughout the day. Now, starting today keeps you on the road to keep doing the activities that you like, that you love and that you enjoy and why you moved to the Tetons to begin with, or you grew up here. Like if you eat well and you fuel your body well, you can keep doing the things that you love for a lot longer. Yeah. I, I remember those days for when I was doing lots of trail running before kids mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. always taking snacks. So yeah. I know with my body that I start to shake and I know how I feel. So I load up. Yeah. Um, you want to avoid that mental bonk. Heck yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't do it. And yeah. some people are like, well, I have coffee before I go out for a run. And I was like, not me. Um, yeah. Because I just want to go out for the run if I'm going to go out for a run. But in, if I were to do it in the morning, I don't need a cup of coffee before I'm going to go exercise. That's not going to get me going in the morning. It's the yeah, some people, they need it. And some people like for me, I can't drink coffee on an empty stomach and go do something active. Like I don't, a lot of people have sensitivity to that. And I'm one of those people. Like I can't do it, but some people can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that trial and error thing where, you know, we know what works for us and that's what people have to do. Sometimes like I can't just give out the same recommendations to everyone. I have to figure out who they are as an individual and what works for them. Now, if somebody's thinking, hey, I'm fine. I feel like I have this. I eat a well-balanced diet. Are there some just little pointers that you would offer to people who might not be high performing or crazy wild athletes, but just some basic stuff that people can do to, to be more mindful. Let's bring some mindfulness into this. Be more mindful about what they're putting into the bodies and having it balanced. Yeah. First thing, eat every three to four hours. Mm -hmm. And I say that one because everybody's schedule changes day to day. But if you make sure that you eat enough throughout the day, then you never get to that point where it's been six hours and you show up to a meal and you're so famished that you can't control how much you eat. Slow down when you're actually eating a meal or a snack and pay attention to the flavors inside of it. I also never leave my house without a snack. I have a snack in my bag always. So it might be an apple and, you know, a RX bar or some nuts or <laughs> yeah, you just have to find what you like, but I don't like to be unprepared if I'm going somewhere. Let's say I'm driving through the park for, I don't know, just cause I feel like it. I, I don't want to be in my car for hours. And then let's say Dornan's is closed or whatever is closed. Cause it's COVID, you know, I always have something and yeah. Uh, another thing that I think is really good advice. And you kind of touched on this earlier is chew your liquids, which means chewing your food enough to where it's to consistency that it's in liquid form because that primes your body to start digestive processes. And it does help with symptoms of indigestion specifically mm. When you chew your liquids, carbohydrate metabolism starts in the mouth. We have enzymes in our mouth that are specifically designed to break down carbohydrates. You upregulate certain enzymes in the in, um, stomach juices to break down protein. And then you also stimulate the gallbladder to release bile into the small intestine. Like it's, if, if you just chew your food well, you prime your body to digest better. Now, what about volume of liquid or water that somebody should consume each day. Yeah. Somebody else just asked me this recently too. I guess what I would say is, I mean, the general rule of thumb is like half your body weight in ounces. I don't follow that specifically because, you know, I'm more active. And so I drink a lot more and also, you know, monitor your urine color. You want it to not be clear, but not dark yellow. You want it to have a little bit of a yellow color to it. And that's how you can monitor your hydration status. Also take a big bottle of water everywhere you go. So you never get to that point where you're thirsty if you're constantly sipping, 
you know, if you're thirsty, obviously a lot of people have heard this, you're already dehydrated. And mm. yeah, it's because it takes a long time for that feedback loop to start in your brain. Um, so I, <laughs> I'm sitting here and I have this huge hydro flask next to me and I always am drinking water. And I have been encouraging people to find, if they don't like water, find some form of liquid that they do like. And taking in more fruits and vegetables is another way to increase your overall liquid intake, uh, as well as Spindrift or Topo Chico or LaCroix, like sparkling waters are great. Um, but yeah, monitor your urine. <laughs> yeah. And be yeah. aware if you had beets that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Know that it's going to change your urine color. <laughs> we used to, I mean, our kids have been eating beets since they were little, littles and when uh, they would have beets for dinner and we'd drop them off at daycare the next day. Like, by the way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I went, so a funny story about that. I told you about my ex-husband. He used, we used to live in Atlanta and we had just moved there and he, we had beets and he, his urine was like a pinkish color and he freaked out. He made us go to the hospital and I literally was telling him and I was in grad school at this point. So I wasn't a dietitian, but I still knew I was like, because you ate beets well, he made us go to the er and sit there and like we both laughed about this later but we were sitting there for a while waiting and he goes you know eden i'm fine let's go home and i was like really cool and because we had just moved to atlanta we ended up driving all the way across atlanta to the only hospital that we knew and it was just like 40 minutes away and it ended up just being this wash of a night and i was like Ugh, it's just because you ate beets <laughs> atlanta is a hall for sure yes my, yeah yeah my sister lives in Atlanta and we've spent some time there for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. That's where I got really patient with traffic. You're going to be in traffic for a while, even if it's just a couple of miles to go, it's going to take an hour. <laughs> yeah. The beautiful part about living here is low stress on driving someplace. Yeah. Like even when I'm, if I'm sitting in traffic here in Jackson, I still am like, look at where I'm sitting though. This is pretty. Mm -hmm. Isn't that right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is nice. What are your handles on social media? Do you put, Info, regular information out socially for people to follow you? Yeah, I'm most active on Instagram. My handle is Garden of Eden underscore RD, and the RD stands for registered dietitian. And on Facebook, I do post, but I usually just repost what I've put on Instagram. And I don't always put everything out on Facebook, but people can follow me as like my personal account or my business page is Teton Performance Nutrition. But I'm, I'm most active on Instagram. I think Instagram is the most fun. It's the easiest for me to do. <laughs> There's a lot of dietitians out there that are doing TikToks now. I'm not going to do that, but I will totally repost their stuff and other people that I follow. And yeah, I, I love relating to people all over the country with whatever I'm doing nutritionally on Instagram or fitness wise. But I also make sure to tell people I am not a personal trainer like that, but these are some of the trainers that I follow and this is what I do, but it's, I'm not a personal trainer, <laughs> but Instagram. I mean, I love to show, okay, this is what I had before a workout, or this is what I'm packing in my bag. Oh, you know, skin up snow King, or this is what I had after my workout, or this is my dinner tonight. I literally just threw some stuff together. I, I like showing people kind of the, you know, everyday ins and outs of what I do. Mm -hmm. And some people get ideas from that. And some people want more guidance off of that. And I've gotten a lot of clients off of Instagram. I really love that platform. Cool. Congratulations. Thanks. And, and you're searching for new clients still. Yeah, I am. I still have availability for November and December. And mm -hmm. I love working with people. Like I really just love hearing people's stories and finding ways that I can help in whatever way I can. Or if I can't help, I love finding somebody that can because sometimes yeah. it won't be me. Sometimes it's, it's not, and that's okay. And I want other healthcare practitioners to do the same thing, to understand our scope. And just, you know, we all want to help people. That's our goal. 
But yeah, I really love hearing people's story when it comes to nutrition, because we all are so unique in our road that we that we're on, but we all have so much in common as well. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. There's certain areas of our, of our health, which for some reason we don't give enough attention and one is mental. And then mm-hmm. also is the nutrition. I, I think we can take for granted what we put into our bodies and uh, how important it is for us to be active or just yeah. be able to walk down the street and function during the day with the proper nutrition. Yeah. And there's such an overlap between your mental health and your nutritional health. And I talk about that all the time. Like I really do. And it's really hard to, I think in our country to really learn who you are and know what you can do to help yourself mentally. And then also how you can do that nutritionally because they both overlap and they both support or don't support each other. <laughs> so anyway, I, mean, I think of people that stress eat, like in the word stress is making you eat. Like, like there is just always this overlap. And I mean, that was true for me when I was experiencing all the things I was experiencing at Texas A&M. I, I was very homesick. I was very discouraged with my performance. I was hyper-focused mentally. And like I said, I had some disordered patterns in my head that were coming out in my nutrition choices. And I know I'm not the only one that's done that. <laughs> yeah. It's out there for sure. It's yeah. definitely out there. Well, Eden, I, I appreciate and value what you're doing, not just for the people here in Jackson Hole, but just how you can reach so many people across the country, especially with technology nowadays and how you have yeah. this strong passion to help people out so they don't have to experience the same pains that you've experienced. Uh, thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you for recognizing. I mean, it's, it's not always easy to put yourself out there like that as a small business owner, especially with, I mean, I have to let people see my personality and I have to I don't know. Sometimes I'm discouraged. I'm like, does anybody, is anybody watching? Is anybody listening? I don't know. Am I irritating people? But I really, yeah, I, I really appreciate you saying that because that's my goal. I want to help people in whatever way that I can. Well, when people connect with the message that you're providing, they will reach out to you. And if, if they don't relate to it or feel as though that it's not for them, then they'll continue the same path that they're on. Um, Yeah. All individual choice for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And to each is it own. Well, Eden, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate this. And um, I hope that you are able to connect with some of the people who are out there listening. Yeah. Thanks again for having me. This has been wonderful. I really enjoyed chatting with you and yeah. And I hope that your listeners really kind of relate to some of the things we talked about. I'm sure they will. Have a great day, Eden. You too. To learn more about Eden and Teton Performance Nutrition, visit the JacksonHoleConnection.com, episode number 116. Please send me your thoughts and ideas about this show. Thank you to everyone who has reached out and connected with me recently. We love hearing from our listeners. Many thanks to everyone who helps keep the Jackson Hole Connection going every day. Everybody over there at the Chamber of Commerce who listens regularly. My wife, Laura, my boys, Lewis and William, as always. My editor and marketing director, Michael Morey, and the music director, Luke Taylor. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you back here next week for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.